You want to make mom smile this Mother's Day? You can start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brands she loves delivered the very same day with DoorDash. Wow, that's a great idea. Moms are such a gift to us and we should treat them the same way with gifts, especially on Mother's Day. I didn't know DoorDash was doing that. That's exceptional. If your mom has a sweet tooth or if she's a tech enthusiast, beauty connoisseur, if she's outdoorsy, no matter what she's into, you can make her smile with a fruit or flower bouquet, makeup, tech gear, workout wear, and more, all deliverable through DoorDash. Get all your Mother's Day gifts all in one place and get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 or more on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with code THEO. That's T-H-E-O. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. You know him. He's one of the uh, impractical jokers. And this guy has probably made more people laugh than anybody. Maybe any, I'm trying to think of somebody that tickles people that's real famous. I don't even know. But he's probably one of the top 40 or 50 funniest people that you've probably ever even heard of or not heard of. And he's here today. Uh, He has a new show on TBS called Misery Index. Um, he has countless seasons of his hit show, The Impractical Jokers. He's one of the Tenderloins, and that's uh, their original group of improvists. Um, ladies and gentlemen, my guest, my friend, uh, Mr. Joe Gatto, or Gatto. I'm not sure I'm going to ask him right now. Island is that? How does that rank amongst other islands? You think? Oh, they call it the uh, the Caribbean of uh, <laughs> of the New York Harbor. <laughs> oh, wow, that's cool, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, I got to go to Staten Island, man. You've I've never always... you never been to Staten Island? I don't think I've been there. I mean, I always hear you guys talk about it, you know, yeah. and you hear a lot of people talk about it, you know. Like Most they're... people go through it because, yeah. like, it's the connector between Brooklyn and Jersey or Long Island and Jersey, you know. So people, a lot of people go through it, but a lot of people. It, uh, it's the freeway to see the Statue of Liberty. Oh, really? Yeah, you take the Staten Island Ferry, which is free. Yeah. As opposed to the uh, Liberty Ferry, which takes you to Liberty Island, and you have to get off and look at the, like, the feet of it. And when you're there, there's like nothing to do, so you can you drive You can't get a by. good look at it. Right. So yeah. you get the best look from the ferry. So you see everybody on one side of the boat on the way there, and then one side of the boat on the way back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right hanging out. Dude, you used to work on the ferry, didn't you? We're, no. Did you? Work on a ferry. Yeah, did you ever? Time was tough. Yeah, I panhandled for a while. No, <laughs> did you a long time ago or no? No, no. Uh-huh. I didn't work Work on the ferry? Yeah, I thought somebody told me that. <laughs> what was what, what was a job that you had that uh, that you actually missed? That was a long time ago. I love sales. I you was did? in sales all the time. Yeah, I, when I came out here to chase the dream, I was going to be a, a screenwriter director. That's what that's where I hope I'm hoping to end up. And uh, I came out here to do that in 2003 to 05, and I ended up working at Nordstrom's at the Grove. Oh wow! And I crushed the retail game for a while. Did you really? Yeah, I crushed it. What was like one of your go-to moves if somebody wandered in? Like you know, I'd always. We, I worked in the rail, which is the men's section that sell like high-end jeans and like t-shirts oh, yeah. and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So I Oh, always, wow. That's a quality section. It's a quality section. Yeah. We actually put it on the map. I, you know, I don't want to brag, but <laughs> I was a platinum pace setter <laughs> salesman. Uh, <laughs> number five across the country. Were anyway, really? Yeah. One million dollars in a year, but that's oh neither here or there. I mean, God. who's bragging? No one. And you guys are selling <laughs> some real wild stuff yeah. in there. Yeah. It was like, it was like when uh, Von Dutch hats. Yeah. 
I was every. I put one on everybody. I didn't Damn. care. About them. Even <laughs> newborns, huh? <laughs> I was, that's Even it. stillborns. I was, that's it, man. You know, a dollar is a dollar. I worked on commission. <laughs> Dude, but, that was a sixty dollar hat. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I used to. I used to do the thing because we worked in the men's section when I had a great scheme. It's all commission, really. No, no hourly. You don't get paid. You don't get paid if you don't sell, right? So that was it. Which is seems it illegal. Still? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Wow. Um, so I you don't did get paid. This, that's like drugs. That's it, almost like drug trafficking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's Which best. Is, yes, it is. But it's best. It's a, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the von past the von Dutch. <laughs> so I did the. Uh, I had like girlfriends who would come in with their boyfriends, mm -hmm. and when the boyfriends would come to shop, and I'd be like, "Oh, and you, uh, I'm sure you need some jeans too. Let me take you upstairs and introduce you to Chelsea." Oh. And I would go up there, and I would have a deal with Chelsea upstairs, like whatever you sell them, I get fifty percent of. Damn. And it was such a great scheme because you could sell anything in the store, and then eventually I became known there there as like because i was fun and funny you know and i didn't really yeah i'm pretty good with people and i could sell anything so somebody would be like oh i need a watch i'm like yeah i know i know watches yeah i don't i walk over i get a key from some guy be like, i got oh, you over here it, next yeah. you know you get the guy on a nordic track yeah. somewhere <laughs> on the fifth floor <laughs> they sell like teslas at the grove now yeah there's a tesla in, oh, yeah, inside yeah, yeah. the north one there's a tesla so i was like do you guys can we sell teslas because i'll go back <laughs> I'll, I'll forget tv man i'm coming back to sell teslas you start wandering you make deals all across the grove so you're wandering out of north just showing just a personal yeah. shopper then i then i got uh i i got recruited i got poached from nordstrom to this high-end uh it's called hd buttercup it's a oh yeah it furniture store. i opened that store did you really? I did. I was their first personal shopper. Dude, it's pricey it's over there. It's crazy. And I worked out a deal with them that, like, because they have little, their setup was called Manu Tailors, right? So they have little stores within a big store. So it's a oh, huge okay. like, um, Kind of like that um, Fred Siegel. Yeah, exactly. Right. So they had that whole setup. And I was like, oh, okay. So I want to sell the whole store. And they're like, oh, no, you would just work for this one company. I'm like, oh, that's not what yeah. I was told in the interview. <laughs> and they're like, what? I was like, well, I'm just going to sell everything. <laughs> so I would just walk around and sell everything to anybody who walked in the door. <laughs> and I actually helped Jessica Alba with like rugs. <laughs> like that was my big thing for a while. I like helped her. Like I helped, it was, she was there with her brother and I helped her with like some rugs and stuff. And I was like my claim to fame for a while. And I went around and I was like, yeah, I, I sold rugs to Jessica. <laughs> like, I, you know, I just jumped it up. <laughs> oh, magic carpets, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we call yeah. them. But there was a, they had an antique section. And there was one guy that worked this at is at HD Buttercup. At HD Buttercup, inside one of the manutels was an antique guy. Okay. And it's all commission there, too. I, I worked out a deal where it was hourly plus commission. So I got like 3% or 5%. I think I got 5% there. And I said, okay, I was like, you know, whatever I sell, I get 5% of it. And this guy, and I was like eating tuna fish. Like, you know what it's like when you move oh, yeah. out here. Like, I was like a peanut butter. I couldn't afford the jelly. It was like peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah. You know, so I. And then just squeeze the packet of jelly in your mouth. I would get a bite of the peanut butter sandwich and then squeeze a little bit of Let's the jelly in there. Yeah, just fill your pockets at any condiment. That great jelly too. Some places have shady jelly, I thought, but that's a different chat. I don't know if you want us to get into that now. Let's come back. We'll circle back. Yeah, let's say. So we're at HD Buttercup. You got the antique, antique section. So right. what happened? What was that? What's, what was so I don't know. That? I don't know shit about antiques. The guy goes on break. He's like, hey, I got to go pick up my daughter. I think he had to pick up his daughter from school or something. He's like, do you mind just watching us till we close? Yeah. Nobody ever went in. Oh, there. listen, all the white privilege in that guy's <laughs> life, huh? His <laughs> yeah. daughter's at school. school. Yeah, he's like, I go pick her up. But whatever he had Jesus. to do, or he had a doctor appointment or yeah. a funeral. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> if he's antiquing, it's probably a funeral. <laughs> yeah. Probably want to do a little just research. He's yeah. like, let me go get a bureau, right? <laughs> so he goes on break, and a woman walks in. I was like, oh, could you 
help me with uh, she's like i'm looking for an antique uh a chest and i'm like sure so i walk in and i hadn't hardly ever walked into this because i didn't know anything about it yeah and there's only so much you could fake right so i get in and right. she's like yeah this is from a battleship yeah right like you it's know? all oh just, this smells like lincoln <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah this has got mahogany and lincoln that's what this is right here <laughs> i'm just throwing out terms so she's like she walked in and she fell in love with this like armoire this like big oh yeah those are real nice and i was like oh this is really nice she's like oh i think my husband will like this it was like i think it was like an anniversary gift or something i was like okay i was like i could get you the information she's like oh no i'll take it and this guy's on lunch and i work on commission five percent and i'm like all right and i look at the price it was forty thousand dollars and i was like where would you like that delivered? Yeah. And that was like, and it you was put the, it on your back. Right like, there, I, I, was like, I was like, I got an Uber for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's back in the day, so there wasn't even that. Like, I'll carry uh-uh. this. I will walk all of Culver City for oh, you. Had to know, yeah, go. you had to know a couple of Tongans or Hawaiians to fucking, if, you know what I'm saying? That was furniture. <laughs> it's a big dog. But before they came here, there was this furniture to stay where it was. All over. It's yeah. like you, you move to the furniture. Yeah, You're like, this it. isn't my dresser. <laughs> I live here now. <laughs> Yeah, but that was uh, that was my big thing, and Damn. then I moved back to New York. And and so whenever you moved, when you made that move back to New York, had you like kind of given up on some of that that like that dream a little bit? Like was it a, a yeah. little bit of that move? Because yeah. I, I mean, I, we've all done a, a little bit of that move at some point. I think like there was a point I was out here for like six years, and then I moved back to Louisiana for a while, and I was uh, doing margaritas or something, or making margaritas mm-hmm. for you know at a shit at a real halfway house of a fucking taco taco teria <laughs> you know it was like a taco they had like this real shady cafe yeah. with tacos and then they had a bar like hooked to it really yeah and they had the margarita machine and i broke it i set, did the settings wrong and uh then i had to pretend like it wasn't broke dude it was, fucking so <laughs> it was like johnny buffett's margaritaville <laughs> yeah it was real shady, shady yeah. One off. yeah it was like uh yeah it was like che guevara's uh margaritaville or something people are like this is you know, this right. is interesting. Yeah. So when you moved back, was it was it because of... Um, well, when I moved back, my, my uh, grandma had passed away. My grandmother and my mother became widows together, like within like five days of each other. So they always had each other. So my mom was like alone now. Oh. So I felt like, you know, and you know what? I was like, it's at my grandmother's funeral, actually. <laughs> my hand was kind of forced. At my grandmother's funeral, I had come in from LA. And I said... Uh, I said to my mom, I was like, you know what, maybe I'll move back to New York just out loud, like just stream of conversation. I was like, oh, maybe I'll move back to New York in a little bit. And she started crying and hugged me and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. I was like, okay, I guess I'm moving back to New York. Like, I can't be like, back off, lady, you know? So I was like, all right, I'll move back. So I decided. And you guys are pretty close, you and your mom? Yeah, we were. Yeah. Yeah, So, uh, and so, yeah. So at that point, you don't really have a choice then if she's, if you guys are close and she wants you back. Yeah. So I came back and I moved back into her basement. As wow. all you know, good thirty-year-old sons do. Yeah, <laughs> bro. They'll say a fire yeah. up the record player, but, dude. Yeah, we we. Uh, it's the same basement actually. Where before I moved is where the Tenderloins used to rehearse. My really? college, yeah. boys, we used to uh, rehearse down there. Me, Salmer, uh, and our friend Mike used to. Before we did our shows, we used to the same basement. So I ended up living where I was doing improv rehearsal. Oh. <laughs> so you know, I was in a good mental space, yeah. <laughs> and, and I ended up getting a job because of out here in retail at that one of the manu tailors there. Uh-huh. Brought me into a show at the Jacob Javits Center, which is this big furniture show at the Javits Center, like where people come to meet new, you know, uh, vendors and stuff. Okay, where's Javits Center? And it's that's a, in it's, a, it's in Manhattan. In it's Manhattan, the, it's the big okay. uh, conference center there in Manhattan. So okay. it's like the design center here, or whatever you know, like one of those where they have those big conferences, huge. You know, it's yeah. where Comic Con is in New York, right? So um, they. Uh, <laughs> I, I decided to work, help her out with this thing, and I'm just you know selling 
bullshitting and just selling all this stuff to people who are coming into opening stores. And this one woman came up to me. Her name was uh, Allie, and she was the CEO of a new store uh, called Giggle, a baby store. Mm. And so I started selling her some stuff, and she like really liked oh, you me. You could easily sell something to a baby. Uh, baby. Yeah, I mean, I'm, but yeah. they don't have the money they have, though. Like <laughs> you just so have to make it look money. cute, shake it, make sure it makes noise. Yeah. Don't shake the baby, the toy. As well. Wow. <laughs> Dude, kids nowadays. <laughs> Dude, they're thought, resilient yeah well they had this lady the, the they had this lady the other day and she goes man these children her kid was being bad she goes these children act like they've been here before that's what she said that's a great <laughs> saying <laughs> well they got nothing to lose they don't know any better i, know. I was like that is kind of true and yeah. some of these little assholes they yeah. just act like they've been here yeah it's funny because between my son and daughter i'm always like oh it's like she acts super different my daughter is four my son's two and my two-year-old son acts completely different than my two-year-old daughter did like my daughter was all prim and proper and like you go like you know go color and she'd sit in the corner for th- four hours with just yeah. like coloring with a crayon it's like yeah totally. dude, yeah the little women i feel like they're they, yeah they have they want to change the world you know they have some inkling of like you know hope and yeah. stuff <laughs> And the boys, boys, a lot of them are violent. Violent and dumb, just running around, knocking stuff oh. over. Yeah. That's yeah. my boy. That's my Remo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost crazy to watch me. Like, what is going on? These kids are not, they're bananas. You kind of want to pull them over and be like, listen, you don't know things yet, but this isn't what you're doing. Yeah. Not what's going this on. This isn't how you do it. Dude, my little nephew used to hide on top of shit, like on bookshelves and shit, and be real quiet and fucking surprise you, bro. Yeah. Yeah, and he was like 19 months old. I'm like, that's insane. There's no way he got up there by natural causes. No, no. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. dude ain't no fucking. <laughs> he's so, he's so seek that out. He's yeah. like, this is, we're going to make some happen right Oh, now. you could tell he definitely been like envisioning being up on that shelf and he just woke up there one morning, you know? This it's ain't all... no free solo b- baby right no, here. It's all about the angle. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I'm going to do the most yeah. damage. <laughs> Come down strong. Oh, yeah, dude. He was really, yeah. The, some of these children, they're just wild. They got the Edgar Allan Poe in them, you know? <laughs> Something's going on. Yeah. They got dirty birds in the back of their brain. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so now tenderloins. Now, one story that I love about you guys as a group of uh, of impractical jokers is that tenderloins is y'all's original yeah. group. And was there members that we don't know about? Were there other members? Because you mentioned the guy Mike. Yeah. There's there was two that we brought on. One was Mike was the original. Mike Bocci. I went to high school with him as well. Wow. And, and Quinn. Just Quinn. You know, Q didn't. Yeah, yeah. He didn't go that way um and botch actually got a job and grew up and he got married and everything like before all of us like he became a grown-up and the rest of us were like trying to do improv and it just didn't match with his schedule anymore like we want to shoot like on a wednesday at like five you know four o'clock he's like guys i'm at work like what are you talking about i can't be there you know right so he just kind of went the way and was very successful in family and love and money on his own way you know he runs like a, he's in a pr in the pr and stuff so uh, we see him all the time. You know, oh, nice! We're so friends with him and stuff. Wow! Is yeah. it kind of is it he- is it not hectic? But is it like is it interesting to think like oh if he would have been there does he ever like yeah. do you guys ever lament on it a little bit? I mean, we just always go down in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. We always yeah. go down like the what if like what if it was there or oh, what if there was five like what if Q came on and him like it's not more even like a Q or him it's more like oh what if because a lot of this we, Q was a huge part of the puzzle for us because we had moved into video. Right and scripting and right. writing stuff and Q was a very strong writer and good uh, story and stuff. So he helped he helped us with that part of the deal, like the really different kind of humor than us a little bit at that time. We were a lot really corny, and he was like you know fun corny, like people liked it, but like he was like oh what if we're like gave a little edge you know and yeah stuff. a little dark which sometimes was just fun too like yeah and, and the combination of all of our sensibilities I think really was the right perfect 
you know, that we were making a margarita, right? You know, <laughs> that yeah. was the right. If you're making a you janky ass margarita, yeah. yeah, you can't <laughs> have the baby powder like somebody. <laughs> and was so anybody else was there? Uh, there was a, a guy that jumped in for a little bit, Gideon, who was a actor friend of ours that moved uh, to New York from Florida. Oh, and nice. Friend of ours, and he uh, he filled in for a little bit too, and he was like a fifth while Botch was still with us. It, would there? Would you ever? Have you ever done an episode that that where you guys had them pop in or anything? No, we actually used Botch's. Uh, daughter sienna in one of the times where like we, sometimes we take her to the park and we have our daughter or like as an actress or whatever yeah, yeah. and we use botch's daughter oh sienna. that's cool and we did her we did it twice we did something we just did something recently with her i don't think it aired yet uh with her as well we brought her back to like surprise sounds though nice. so, yeah. oh that's cool yeah so they're in the mix you know and we see you know talk and stuff but it's it's fun that you know the tenderloins is really what i came back to so like when i I when you got back home, you got that was home. tenderloin. Yeah, we came back in, and I was like, okay, so I'm back now. Because when I was away for two years, like we, they didn't do any live shows. They only did a show when I came home. So I would, I came home. I think I did two or three shows where I came home. I'm like, hey, I'm home. Let's put a show up, and right. we put an improv show up, and we'd go and do it. But and besides what, that, it was kind of defunct. It didn't really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You had everybody there. Yeah. So now I was like, Joe's back. He's like, all right, what are we doing? And then we got into like, that's when MySpace took off, and all the like, uh, you know sketch comedy on the internet yeah so we started doing sketches and, and what about videos nick do you know uh what is a tenderloin what is it i know a tenderloin is a meat yeah it's a meat it's a, cut know, of, it's a cut of meat okay yeah. what is it can you look that up do you mind i want to see what cut this thing is so i know <laughs> so, <laughs> so you could put it to us i just want to visualize yeah what's going on here <laughs> the tender is part of a loin pork loin of beef pork etc yeah so that's probably Sal. <laughs> Taken from under the short ribs in the hind quarters. That, dude. Yeah, the hind quarters. That's Mark. Oh, yeah. right, so we fill, <laughs> we fill everybody in, right? Okay. Yeah. And then it's also one, yeah. this is this is the this is the good one. Let's go to the second one. A district of a city where vice and corruption are prominent. Q. So, <laughs> we're just missing me. I guess I'm the I guess I'm the short ribs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll do it, man. That's perfect. <laughs> well, yeah, because in San Francisco there's a famous uh, section oh, yeah, called the Tenderloin. Dude, that's bought, where shit went down, oh, man. The you story could buy of that. drugs, dude. I, I actually have video on my phone of some people blowing each other uh, from our hotel window yeah. one year. Yeah, we we had, <laughs> uh, we had walked by when we did the San Francisco Sketch Fest back in the day, and we were staying in a. We thought it'd be funny if the Tenderloin <laughs> stayed in the Tenderloin district, not knowing, right? So we're walking back from a Seven Eleven that had uh, had a iron, you know, iron oh. fence, and like the uh, like you had to come in <laughs> to a Seven Eleven, which I was like, this is not good. Dude. <laughs> Bulletproof glass, like to enter, like you went into like a little thing to yeah. walk around. I was bulletproof. Yeah. <laughs> like I was, yeah, dude, it's like a little car, like a little Pope cart taking you around. Right? Bro, watch him call us, bro. So People we, want to watch him call. We came back and there was just, we walked down one street. I'm not even kidding. There was just like three separate things of fucking going on. And yeah. like, and there was like, there was like, two cops that were like looking at like a body just like this and we were like and we didn't know if the guy was dead or just passed out and then when we walked back to our hotel room like that might have been a murder scene now they just found it, it was like oh well jim here we go we got to find out yeah yeah it was we're gonna start crazy. it up yeah that tenderloin is crazy man i remember we went to uh this thing called beta breakers a while back there and it was like this it was a race i guess where people start i guess at the bay and then they run like the bridge or something yep well, we did a bunch of mushrooms, and we didn't, uh, I don't know, we weren't really in the race or anything, but at one point, we took over a a table. Somebody had a table where they had all the cups of water, and we took it over right in the middle, and I'm just just flying on mushrooms at this point, dude. I'm, you know, I'm looking, you know, the Lord's looking for me, you know, and I'm looking for him, you yeah, know, and we're yeah. going to meet up that afternoon. But, uh, and people were running by in this race, you know, it was tens of thousands of people in this race. And when they get close, someone would, would 
try to get the water. And we'd be like, no, it's for Asian people only. <laughs> so you had so many people and they're running. They have to keep going. There's, t- there's a huge flow of people. They can't argue or discuss right, it. Right, right. He'd be like, oh, oh, it's Asians only. And they're like, <laughs> and they just keep on. Like, Pass it out from dehydration yeah, yeah. a quarter mile down the road. <laughs> All these Irish people Pile stacking up. up at the curb at the next turn. Just boom, yeah. boom. And oh, Asian people were just so happy, Super bro. Oh, yeah, just flying, bro. Just, it was just so bizarre, though. Such a, such a great choice. Dude, we died. We laughed for so long. We just sat there. And somebody had deserted their stand, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. was like... Uh, you know, this you get probably uh, you know hind quartered back in the military a, for this. Somebody deserted their you know yeah. their water stand, and we just took it over. Dude, we're on mushrooms. We're just serving yeah. it out. A deserted stand is a way I made a lot of my jokes early in my <laughs> career. Not even like like just me being me with my friends. Like yeah, we, because you have so much. Because so you have position of power. I yes. walked. Out, I was a host at every, any restaurant <laughs> where the thing was. Oh, and I would go as far as I could. Like I, there was a Perkins by me in Staten Island. Oh yeah. So I would be in. I would go Perkins, to Perkins at night and. I would literally end up working the whole Perkins. Like I'd walk in, it would be like, you know, 11 o'clock at night. People walk in, I'm like, how many? Yeah. And they're like, what? If you say how many to anyone, anywhere with authority, yeah. you'll get an answer. And yeah. I promise you that. <laughs> you could be anywhere. How many uh, How many in your party? Two? Yeah, two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Let's get you a table uh, two. Uh, there's two. Yeah. I start answering the phone. Yeah. Like I would answer uh, the phone. I would take to go orders, <laughs> hang up, not know what to do. These people are waiting. <laughs> didn't, I didn't care. Sal used to hate. There was two things Sal used to hate. Oh, it embarrassed him. Oh my god, the worst. Hilarious. But he loved it and hated it. Yeah. But there was two things he used to hate the worst. One was taking an elevator with me, uh-huh. because I would just I didn't give a shit. <laughs> and then two, he's two, like, oh, how many floors is this? Two, Only nine. I'm gonna take the stairs. Yeah. Two. He used to think stairs all the time. Two was uh, what do you call it? Two was uh, waiting for a table in a restaurant with me. Because like when I'm in a waiting situation, yeah. I get bored. And I'm like, what can I do here that's going to be fun for me? And I don't even care if other people are watching or laughing. I just like do stuff for myself half the time, right? And then they would enjoy watching that, you know. So did you? Oh, did you do that kind of stuff when you were a kid? Is it instigation you think that you kind of like, or is it? I'm trying to think of what the element is that yeah. I didn't do. I didn't. Is till... it surprise? Is it instigation? Like, what is the thing that turned that? That attracts you, you know, to do that sort of. I'm just trying to think of the thing in your head yeah. that's like. Well, I wasn't like that at all growing up. I was super geeky. I was. It wasn't until junior year of high school when I started the first time I did improv at high school. We did high school improv together. That's how. Jesus, that and be Sal horrible. made me go to it. Like I, he was like, "You should come. You're funny." I used to have lunch with him all the time. He's like, "You're funny. You should come and try." And I was like, "No." And then I was like, "I couldn't do it." And then in high school, I like got bullied a little bit and stuff, and I used it. I, I turned the tables in high school because I I would reverse bully the. Uh, the football players uh-huh. like i remember the moment where one guy walked by and like they said something or whatever and i knocked the books out of the linebacker's hand like on the floor and i went pick them up like that and he laughed. He said i'm sorry sir and he picked them up and laughed and i said better and i walked away and everybody lost it laughing and i was like oh you know what i'm gonna do this and i just started like bullying like i was 104 right. pounds on the math team bowling team like i was like not anything right so on the bullying team yeah, too <laughs> yeah, I I, yeah some schools have a bullying team <laughs> so, you know that's part of the problem i think in america we have a bullying team so you so you just kind of said oh i'm gonna flip the script and so i'm gonna I did that and I was like, oh, that was kind of the way I dealt with it slash it made me feel good. And then yeah. also the thing that I really liked about it was it really took a turn to the whole high school. We went, you know, our class, we went to old boy Catholic high school. So what are you doing besides messing with each other Not and rent the part, right? Farting, really. Three, right. There 300 people in the class. And I really felt a moment there where I was like, oh, everybody's having fun with this. Yeah. And it was like kind of like bullying kind of like went away with my class. It kind of was just like, oh, we're all just fucking around.
around together. Like, it didn't matter. Like, so I felt like that was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. And that just kind of like carried me throughout my whole career all the way to here. Now, wow. like, that's a big thing for me. But I was so like, perception almost. Yeah, it was perception. And then I was like, that gave me like a weird confidence. And I think confidence is definitely my key. Like, I, I'll try to pull off anything. I don't, you know, like, yeah, I, you're I just, strange uh, too. Also, I, being strange because I remember seeing you at the Wild West Comedy Fest and I knew about you guys as a group, yeah. but I'd never spent any time with any of you. Yeah. That's where we met you. Right? Yeah. That's where yeah. I met you. At. Yeah. And so we're at some bar after party and, and all your crew's all raging and stuff and having fun and, and the life of the party. I mean, the group. And yeah. there's one guy who's just, uh, I think that song, We're Not Gonna Take It, was on or something, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. And there's one guy who's standing on a table, like right up against the wall, facing the wall, just beating the wall, dude. And nobody else is really kind of involved in what he's doing, right? Yeah. But he's like the centerpiece. It's like he's this odd ornament, this Christmas ornament yeah. in the middle of summer, bro. You know? And that was you. That's and I'm me. like, yeah. damn. Yeah. I said, damn, that guy's fucked up, dude. And that's the thing. Yes. I don't drink, like, don't smoke, never took a drug in my life. I never even tried a cigarette. And everybody thinks I am so like yeah. high on coke. Oh, I thought I was everything. like, that yeah. guy's fucked yeah. Oh, I have an man. energy my body shouldn't have. Like I just go because I, what I love about that moment is that gives anyone license in the room to be weird because oh, I'm yeah. gonna be weirder. Yeah. Like don't even worry about it because it'd always be like, well, at least you're not that guy. Like that's the guy I am in a party. It's like, oh, it could be. Weird. Look at this guy. He's crazy. <laughs> Sal spent most of his life explaining that I wasn't drunk to people. Like that's really what we have to do when we go out. He'd be like, these guys would be like, he's fun. look at it. He's, his shirts off. He's doing the worm in the yes. middle of the club through hot models. Like yeah. I don't care. I was doing yeah. anything. Like, it was I just, beautiful. Like, yeah. So yeah, it wasn't inspiring. And kind of was like, oh man, I I want to have that much fun. I think that's probably what people get when they watch your show, some or when they watch of Jokers and watch it over the years. It's like, oh, I want to have that much fun. I guess. Well, we, you know, the show quickly became not anything about like pranks or anything. It really became just friendship on display. Yeah, and that's what people really took to, and that's why you know everybody always feels like they know that friend like if you watch a show and you didn't know us I, I imagine you'd be able to like oh i got a guy like sal or i know yeah. a guy like well nobody's really got a mur but like, you know, everyone's yeah. like, i got a guy like him you know in your in your clique or growing up so i think there's part of that that people really that talks to people yeah yeah do you um when you when you when you think about like kind of like the next steps and stuff because at a certain point like you guys have all grown so much you yeah, know yeah. does it start to seem i know you have a, the new show now that you're doing um the misery index yeah. and but do you, you you mentioned directing and stuff earlier do you start to like think about things like that you yeah. know yeah 100 percent. yeah i've always had i never wanted i never thought this would be it i never want to be in front of the camera yeah ever. dude I you just were trying to fucking work at nordstrom yeah you know <laughs> i'm just trying to fold it will not end. Yeah. just trying to sell high-end t-shirts yeah. let a guy work his pima cotton yeah you know <laughs> yeah. but uh i'm trying to get pima cotton to the people but i i did like a. I was always behind the, the camera guy, always directing, producing. That's always what I wanted to do. Even the Tenderloin stuff, like I always did. Like that was like like one of our most famous uh, sketches. I'm not. I'm barely in because I was like directing and like I love editing and all that stuff. Right. And, but and even with this show, like that's what I do. Like I I help show run this whole thing. Oh, from start okay, to you bottom. do. I jump. Oh, in. wow. I was the first one that had to quit my job full time. So I kind of got like I was like, guys, are we doing this? Because I got to give up on giggle. Like I had to quit giggle. Everybody else was able to work both jobs. Q was still a fireman. Sal still owned his, it was still bartender in the old. Well, let's say, menu. look, still a fireman is a unique term yeah. as well. I'm not saying, I love firemen, right? Yeah. Especially if there's a fire going on. <laughs> They're the number one person you want to see. Yeah. 
But there's not a fire, dude. They're basically people that are training for the hot dog eating contest. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, good people at heart. And softball. <laughs> that's what they're and doing. Professional softball That's what players. they're doing, yeah. Discussing sports. Like, that's what they <laughs> yeah. do, you know? But they, uh, you know, so he was, everybody had their job to fall back on. And I right. was like, I have to be all in. When we shot the pilot, she gave me two weeks off. And then when it was like, hey, you got to shoot the first season. You need, we're going to do it over the next six months. I was like, hey, CEO, I'm going to need six months off. And she's like, I can't do that. She's like, doors open. If it doesn't work out, you could come back. But you, know? you guys, and the Tenderloins, though, you guys did, a lot of people don't know, you guys had years of trying. 16 years. And, and have, have also did a couple of pilots that didn't take. Failed. Yeah, yeah. We had two, uh, one for Spike yeah. and then one for. Remember Spike? Is that still a network? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. In the end, I think it was just cars like crashing into each no, other. No, yeah, no, I think it was cars crashing and like a music video yeah. segment, you know. To, or no, it wasn't like a top ten worst list. Like then it become one of those stations it where it was just bad, like yeah. they did a countdown shows and stuff. Yeah, they just yeah. rebranded it to Paramount Network now, so oh. it's just like a regular channel again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. It's it's not for men anymore. No, mm. yeah, it was very. It was, yeah, it was supposed to be for men. Yeah, remember, yeah. it was the men. Well, true. When we when we joined, true, it, the slate was insane that our show was yeah, even it was, on. It, it was murder? every it was every toast. <laughs> tow truck show three different titles uh, lizard lake towing south beach tow and another one that i forgot and then knockoff shows for like pawn stars it was called uh oh yeah they uh, had that i think it was called pawn no what was the, the major it was, was it? like like the pawn brothers or something like that so whatever they had a show and then it was our comedy like in it huh. and now true was like a top comedy network which is so so like weird that that happened it's so cool that they took that chance and it all like kind of happened but right. like if you looked at our show in the beginning it was like what the hell is this? Like, well, how how is it even there? So how are these guys going to fit in here? Fit in here at all? And, and did you guys worry about that, or did you? Yeah. You did, yeah, because we were on the table for MTV or True. Wow. And but MTV wanted to make it a strip show five days a week and recast us. And they were like, we love the concept. The show's great. Friends oh, do things anything. together. And yeah. now they're basically the Rob Deerdeck network. <laughs> basically. There's nothing on there but yeah. Rob Deerdeck. Yeah. Oh, hardcore pawn. Hardcore pawn. Yeah, that was it. That was the knockoff of the. Uh, the, the other one. So they, they had their own versions of things. And they were all success, like, pretty successful for their market. Like, if you liked tow truck shows, that's where you were going. Right. Like, if you liked, oh, yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. if you like shit, get, yeah. Repossession. Yeah. <laughs> Repossession basically across the board. And their other big one was Bait Car. Remember that shit show? Oh, where they would just have a car basically like running like a BMW in the middle of the project <laughs> with the door open. It was playing Jay Z. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, you know, there's like a hot pizza in it, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Was crazy. A cool full of beer it's like oh what do you yeah. mean oh, this car, i'll get in it and drive away there was like a um parole officer in the back seat afghan yeah it was crazy that show. yeah that show was crazy that show, i can't believe how it. is that legal and that was every it's like they should have called it entrapment yeah every episode was just a running car in the yeah. projects let's see what happens let's today. see what happens <laughs> now someone's gonna steal a car i don't want to spoiler alert you you know i don't have to tune in it's not must see tv it's not like a ross and rachel gonna get back together this guy's gonna steal this car what do you want to see what's your crime of choice do you think if you have one man oh mine yeah definitely embezzlement is it really oh for sure for sure it's, i love like the whole like heist movie stuff like i would think like anything to like get weird like like be able could to, you have done it in the past nowadays it's tougher there's not even much cash sitting around yeah you need you need cash like if i could go back in time and be any like sort of like pull off any big scheme Ooh, it would definitely it. be like a nice bank robbery in like the early 30s yeah yeah that's would it. you be already working at the bank because i could see you having 100%. that pot that vest i'd and be the little in pocket, now, the man, i'm big on a change yeah like yeah. know what time it is right and the little changing uh, ching, 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 30 cents yeah. back like that shit <laughs> i'm all about that i'm all about that life you know <laughs> 1930 
Jeremy's teller right here, man. Yeah. yeah. I'd be a bank manager to get the inside scoop, you know, that kind of deal. Then I'd make them fire me in a fantastic way. And then I think I would know the lay of the land and I would get my, you know, my next door neighbor involved. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably blackmail somebody. Blackmail could be fun too. Yeah. Those are the good old days. Having you could dirt. do a crime. Yeah. Before we had DNA, remember? No, man, DNA ruined crime for everybody. Uh. Stupid science getting in the way. Yeah, back in the day when you had to actually do some detective work, you know, because now every murder you watch, the cops have no idea until seven years later when they can afford the DNA test. That's right. It's like I'm never going to know uh, anything about like the, the, that stupid swab your mouth thing. Did you do that? Like the 23 and me? Yeah, I did it. We did mail it? it in. Yeah, I fucked up. You did it. I fucked up. What, wait, what'd you But if I do a you, crime, I want to go to jail for it anyway. I'm not going to be one of these people who's going to do a crime and like hide all the time. I'm going to go to jail. That's what I like about you. Yeah, thank you. You're, right up, you're right up front all the time. Oh, uh, yeah. I'd rather go and get my time done and get out. Yeah. <laughs> I th when you said I did it wrong, I thought you maybe, I was like, what'd you swab that you did it wrong? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I fucked up. Like, what'd you do? I don't remember exactly. I think I did the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. <laughs> back in the day, like, whoa, send, <laughs> send Vaughn back. That ain't right. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. I think yeah, because a lot of people, I guess they they're they're attaching people to murders and crimes now because of that. Yeah, I never did it because I didn't really have an interest. Because I feel like like the only way that you could find out if a parrot is male or female mm -hmm. is that you have to have it tested. And I had a parrot for a while, and I was like, what difference does it make to me? I don't care if it lays an egg. Okay, mystery solved. If not, no difference. Yeah, you know. So for me, I'm like, yeah, I, I always... treat animals differently if they're male or female. No. Do you have animals? I never have. Okay. <clears throat> oh, well, when I was young, I did, but I never have as an adult. I'm, but I meant I never have treated animals differently, whether they were male or female. Oh. But I get, I remember asking, like, I'll ask, like, a waiter, like, yeah, is this fish male or female sometimes <laughs> if I order, like, a, sa a salmon or something? <laughs> you know? That's a good one. Just to kind of see, you know, yeah, and a lot of times response. they'll go check. <laughs> and sometimes they'll come back with an answer. answer? That's amazing. Yeah, it's like, ugh. I guess there's no, you know what I would love in that scenario is when they came back with an answer, uh -huh. you just go, wrong and get up and walk out yeah. because you know they're trying to pull something off. <laughs> wrong yeah and open something up with a knife to show a part of the fish like what this. is that you, know? you tell me that that's a fish dick yeah you fucking <laughs> tell me that hide something in there that's the it, like, yeah. Jesus. now you know what a fish dick looks like <laughs> all right um today's episode i gotta let you know if you if you're a gambling person man or woman or somebody that's between sexes but they like to lay a little wager down on something that my bookie is the place to do it. You know, people gamble. They've been doing it for centuries, hundreds of thousands of years. A lot of times they see on cave walls, they'll find hieroglyphs of people drew dice on the wall. But at the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down and just lay a few dollars on your favorite squad, you know? And especially since it's football time. And I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with my bookie if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing if you're going to bet this season and bet with them. They're my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, do a parlay, pick a couple teams, enjoy a whole weekend experience, bet on this, bet on that, bet on something. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code Theo to activate the offer. That's promo code T-H-E-O. Now, if you have a gambling problem, I don't maybe think that you should do it. But if you like to gamble and you can control yourself and handle it, then the place to, to do that at is mybookie.ag. That is mybookie.ag today. Use promo code Theo to activate the offer. That's promo code T-H-E-O, mybookie.ag. Play, win, get paid. You know, I'm a, I've become a new business owner with this podcast, and... Um, 
and just dang with life. You know, life gets busy sometimes and you want to be efficient. We live in a time of efficiency. And what if you could make your work take less work? That's a really good thing. Well, you can with Captera. Captera, they help you find the right software for your needs. You have needs. And so you can get back to business faster. And you can get your business done quicker. It's just instead of milling all around, you get right into the action. Captera helps you find the software that will uh, minimize the time you're spending. Compare thousands of software options, read reviews, and instantly narrow to your favorites. You'll have more time in no time. Find the right software right now to streamline your business at Captera, C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash T-H-E-O. Now that could be maybe you have four employees and you don't know how to delineate who should do what. And it would be better if you had a system that helped you do that. Captera could help you. Maybe you need to sell something and, and, and you need the orders to be processed a certain way and, and then sent to a certain person who's going to help you with distribution. And, and right now you got three or four. You got your grandmother in there and she's driving across town with the ticket. And all, you don't need it. You can tighten it up. And that's captera.com slash Theo. It's the leading free online resource to help you find the best software solution for your business with over 1 million reviews of products from real software users. Visit captera.com slash T-H-E-O for free today to find the tools to make an informed software decision for your business. That's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash Theo. Software selection simplified. And now back to the episode with Mr. Joe Gatto. Do you guys, you guys must run out of ideas. I mean, when did you run out of ideas, honestly, for your shows? Uh, we've been, when did you have to bring in help? We've got, well, it wasn't that we had to, it was that we could afford to. Right. So in season, we're going into season, we just wrapped season eight and season nine, we start up in January and we, we actually hit our 200th episode this season. And like, literally we had the conversation at the end of season one was like, okay, now what do we do? Like, cause we were like so many ideas you have to go through because Never mind the ones that make the TV, right? Because our episodes, if you think about it, we do 26 episodes a season, and there's three to four bits per episode. Right. So quick math. Bits. Yeah, that's 14 million. Quick math. And then, you know, yeah. So like that's bits that you have to come up with, right? Oh. And inside those bits are jokes, right? So you have to do all that. And you break, if you break it down, it really could be very, very, it could be very overwhelming. So then we start to say, okay, what... What's just fun and what's just funny and what's weird to do? So like we went from that and we and there's so much if you think about like it's like let's just try to hold somebody's hand, see how right. it goes. And we would try it with four different people and we get four different outcomes and there's a bit, you know. And then we would start thinking about okay, instead of the goal of just being this or that, let's think about what could be something different. And one thing that we had was try not to laugh like mm. that. When we broke that and made that a goal, that opened up a whole new stream of things. So it wasn't just like, oh, only do uncomfortable stuff. It's like, oh, do shit that's really funny that's going to make your friend laugh. And if you you can't laugh, yeah. So that opened up like a whole thing in a couple of our big bits, like the Cranges McBasketball, where we say weird names in yeah. the waiting room, or like where we did the two way mirror, where like stuff's going on behind you and you have to watch it, uh -huh. and you had to continue to do this focus group with somebody and not uh -huh. laugh, uh -huh. you know, <laughs> so a lot of that happened. One of my favorites you guys did, it's like a, um, but I see what you're saying. So people, so once you open up like a new kind of 
a new yeah. like edge to edge. it. You're like, oh, here's a whole week, right. a whole new world of stuff we 100%. can do now that we have goals. Now that we, you have to try not to laugh. Right That's out. a whole, whole it, thing. Yeah, it's like you and can always can do go- everything you already did before, <clears throat> and then just yeah. make sure the other guys aren't laughing. And then we had to establish our show long enough for the first four or five seasons. Like we wouldn't use an actor before that because we wanted people to know. And believe us that it's real. It's the show's got to be real. It doesn't work for us, right? So if somebody knows our show, they're not on it, right? So then we brought in like actors as weapons, where we like one of the first bits we did was watch my grandpa. Like we'd be in the, we were in the mall and mm-hmm. we had to pretend we had to take a piss and be like, do me a favor, could you watch my grandpa for oh, me? Yeah. And we had to talk them into watching our grandfather. And if they watch him, you win. And we'd walk away. And when we did that, unscripted, the grandpas added such a great element. Like they just went and started talking, yeah. and it was like this is really funny. So let's see what we do. Let's do that with kids. And okay, now let's watch my kid. Watch my kid, and then we started doing things. You know, find my actor. You know, like we we would plant an actor inside, like uh, like Murray was uh, a waiter for one of his punishments in uh, Delmonico's, a high end steakhouse. Yeah, and we hid an actor with a wig on, and we're like, you got to find a wig. So he's walking around pulling people's hair as we're eating, trying to find the wig. (laughs) And you know, real people like, what the hell, you know, kind of deal. Um, So all those little pieces, you know, for the first six weeks, um, you know, the first four weeks of our pre production, it's a six week thing. The writers are together. Our comedy hey, do you producers. get paid extra as a writer or producer? You do. Yeah. 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 So they're, they're in the room, and then we come in for the last two weeks of the six week, and we start hearing all they pitched. And then when they, we like something, we'll all talk it out, figure it out, and then we'll start stacking it up and being like, okay, here's our production schedule. So if you like to be the most involved, who is just kind of the most like show up and he, they just they do it every time and they it's just Cute. better for them to Cute. be that way? Cute. Yeah. Yeah, Q is very much trusting of it. He'll he'll also he'll have his moments where he's like, "Oh, I got this idea, I want to do this." But Q, for the most part, when he shows up, he's like, "What are we doing today? All right, let's get in there and do it." You yeah. Know? Sal is very analytical. Oh, he's a, he's a student of comedy. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's really just like, and that's the way his brain works. He really just. But I always say that Sal and I normally get to the same place. Mm-hmm. I just get there way faster because I'm a <laughs> gut kind of guy. I'm like, this is I'm very decisive. I'm like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're not. And he'll, you know, just work out every permutation, tell you why it won't work, break holes in it. And, you know, sometimes we prove him wrong and sometimes he proves us wrong. You know, it's like, a, it's, it's a good balance. And then Murr, Murr's like in the middle of all that. Like I, I would say Sal's on one end, uh, I'm on the other. And Murr is like pretty much dead center between yeah. those two things. He'll think about something for a little bit and then get there or... You know, he'll have ideas where he's like, that's funny. That's hysterical. Because sometimes they'll just say something. It's like, what if we make Joe a massage chair? Right. It's funny. You know what I mean? You don't have to think about anything. Like, it's like, it's it's funny to see it. Have strangers sent me in costume and I'm I'm a fake massage chair. They make me this fake massage chair. Yeah, you guys have, there was one of my favorites that it's, uh, it's at a buffet and I think it's like taking, putting things on people's plates or taking We've done a bunch of different ones. One of them was... (laughs) Because I love buffets, bro. Yeah, buffets I grew great. Up, yeah, when I was growing up, they had finally got a buffet in our town, dude, and people were fucking <laughs> losing their mind. Right? Oh, dude, somebody shot out the windows, bro, from the inside, dude. That's how excited people were. You know, it wasn't like a drive by. I get more dude, chicken. Oh, this dude fucking went in there. He's so fired up. Oh, he yeah. just he couldn't stand there being anything between him and the fucking Lord. You know, so he yeah. shot those windows yeah. out. But yeah, it's uh, I mean, I remember. Yeah, buffets were everything, man. Back when you, you know, if you were in a place, just imagine they could have all that stuff in one place. You yeah, know? I remember when I went to Vegas with my family growing up. The first time we went to uh, went to a buffet in Vegas, oh, and it's not like a Vegas buffet. <sighs> Standalone. Oh. World class. I remember, dude, I remember, yeah, our buffet was decently long. I wouldn't say it was real long, but I remember when we were kids, we would try to hold our breath and walk from one end of it to the other, you know, (laughs) just to try and, you know, just because we were just enamored by the length of just... (laughs) 
you know, food and different it's delicacies. like a pool, like swimming, trying to swim on the one the whole way, yeah. trying to make it one or the other. Yeah, I mean, like, a salad. Oh, <laughs> to the salad. Yeah. Do you remember when, I don't know, Wendy's out in New York, they, they did the salad bar, which was basically a buffet, but it was open salad bar, so you could just make your own salad. You buy the salad bowl, and it was... All you could eat salad. Wow, and Wendy's. Had, oh, yeah, Wendy's in Staten Island, wow. and they had a they had a huge uh, toppings like, but so they had everything like besides your croutons and your norm, they had like buckets. It was like you know, just all these different things. Sunflower like, oh, seeds. Yeah. Sometimes they put some sunflower seeds, right? Shit. A pumpkin yeah. seed. You know, yeah. you get like, but then it was like beets. That's how I was introduced to beets. I was like, Leaf what are these? Tobacco. Red things? <laughs> I remember that being a topic once. I was like, I don't know if that's a topic. corn dog. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. So like all these weird, they'll pickle anything. Oh, know, yeah. so, so it was like, I remember that. And I remember being like, I'm going to get a salad. And I was like, that's an ingenious way to make kids eat like, kind of like healthy. Cause it was like a fun way to eat salad, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, buffet, man. I remember the first, yeah, I just can't believe it. I used to get dude. myself, I used to get myself so sick on shrimp cocktail. Like, I would just get so nauseous. Oh, I, from, see that. I would just crunch, oh, fucking pop them things. Oh, yeah, man. Dude, I'm, I ate the tails for the first two years when I had shrimp cocktails, dude. <laughs> Nobody explained that to you. I'd eat the whole tail. No, I did it by choice, dude. <laughs> yeah, my, my my good friend does, uh, you know him, Justin. He he was the DJ on the uh, cruise, Justin Gerace, DJ Gerace. Oh, yeah. He eats the tails to does this he? day. Yeah. Dude, one of my favorite things yeah. from the cruise, and we'll talk about the cruise in a second. Um, Michael Ian Black. So I went on you guys' first cruise. Yep. Michael Ian Black um, was on the cruise, right? So uh, he had to do bingo. Like everybody on the cruise, kind of you, like you performed and you also like did a game or did yeah. something. You were just involved, you know? Yeah. And he did uh, bingo. And he was like trying to be all funny and stuff. And the people that came to play bingo, <laughs> they didn't give a fuck, bro. Okay. They came to play bingo, man. Yeah. Read it. <laughs> Read it, lady beating her cane against the wall. <laughs> There's real stakes. Oh, dude, yeah, dude. He's like, oh shit, all right. Yeah, it makes his job easier. She just fired through all oh, of yeah. things. It was so funny, but and he he almost couldn't handle the fact that they didn't want any comedy. With it. <laughs> it's a comedy cruise. Oh. It's not a bingo cruise, dude. It was that was so much fun. Gilbert Godfrey was on there, and he looked just like yeah. a baby that was on the cruise ship too. Some lady had a baby, like yeah. an like an eleven month old. It looked could. just like him. Yeah. <laughs> so I did this side by side. It took a picture right there. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. That was where we hung out for the first time in real, like because we did the well, when we did the comedy festival, we hung out a little bit, but there was a lot of people around. Yeah, there was a lot of people. You around. and I spent a lot of time together on the first. Cruise. Yeah, that cruise was great, man. Yeah, that was great. God, that thing was so much fun, dude. We, we caused some trouble on thing. You and I had fun on that. Yeah, you were. Yeah, the gambling. You got shut the gambling down yeah. one night. <laughs> no, no thing. chips or no. <laughs> no they ran out of chips. We won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fucking won. <laughs> we have to. They're like, we have to get more chips. I'm like, go get chips, man. I gotta get paid. <laughs> <laughs> There's like 19 people working there, and they just shut down suddenly. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and that skill crane. So many alcohol. I met two alcoholic guys playing that skill crane on the ship, <laughs> and uh, they ended up making my t-shirts for about four years. Really? A couple of beautiful guys. This guy Kevin and his brother who actually ended up turning a little bit green last time I saw him. He's turning green, the brother, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, amazing people, man. But uh, let's see what they got here, man. <clears throat> hey, Theo. Hey, Joe. Uh, my question for Joe is, uh, how do you think your kids are going to react when they get older and you tell them what exactly it is that you do for a living? <laughs> are you looking forward to that or are you kind of dreading it? That's a really good question. Shit, I impressed myself. <laughs> Dang. Well, that's it. These millennials. They just, it, they, one question and they figure, you know. That's it. That he knows the word. I don't think he even wants an answer. He's <laughs> like, I just crushed it. Uh, I will say that is a pretty good question. It is a good yeah, question, yeah, man. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I wouldn't think about that. Yeah, is it embarrassing? Is it. 
it was definitely a shift when I had my daughter and I was like, oh, she, her father's going to be doing this. And in my comedy, you feel a different responsibility with comedy. I think when you have kids and you know that this is what you're going your legacy, you know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Thing. Legacy was always a thing with me. Always, even growing up, even before I had anything, I always worried about what was I going to be remembered for. Really? Yeah, I was. I was very heavily. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. man. Sometime nameless, my man. One hell of a uh, yeah. second grader. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like all, I was very aware of it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you're going to be known for not doing your homework <laughs> if you don't quit daydreaming. <laughs> That's right. So I was, uh, when I had kids, I was like, all right. And I feel like there was sometimes, there's only been a couple times when I was in, in the edit of the show and I was like, I don't want that to be out there for my daughter to see one day or my wow. son. Because our comedy is always about us too. It doesn't matter. And our, our show is edgy. It's like, I'm trying to make you fail. So I'm going to tell you the most screwed up stuff to say or do or whatever. But there's only been a couple times where I was like, mm, I don't think I want to make that joke anymore or, or that because being a father feels different, you know? Yeah. You know? And it, 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 is, is that kind of stuff, the, the being a father feels different? Is that stuff that you can, you couldn't know that before? No. Definitely not. I don't. I I didn't. So I don't know how other people did. But I think it really. It's kind of weird too because the other guys don't have that, right? So it's like kind of like where, you know, I'm I'm the father figure of the group, <laughs> which Jeez. is so weird and scary. But like you know, like it's it, it it's your best friends that you always confide in and have the same exact journey. I'm right. on the s- same ride. My four friends. I'm the first. Every first big thing in my career is with these guys, and it's their first two. You know, first time we're playing Madison Square Garden all together. First cruise we did together. All that, like all that, sh- all the way through. You know. Yeah. Um, and this is like the only one where you can't like connect with them on something about that. You know, so <laughs> it feels a little bit in a vacuum, and you're trying to do your best with it. Mm. You know, so I think that's uh that's where it kind of weighs a little bit more, and Has you just it- try to do your best. Has it been hard over? Uh, well, sorry, let me make sure we fully answer this question. Did we get it, Nick? You think? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, I am. My daughter does watch the show sometimes because I watch the edits at home. And if I'm working at home in my office, she'll come in and she's like, "Are you watching you and your friends on the TV?" That's what she says. Yeah, and then I'll say, uh, <laughs> "I say yeah or no," and then she'll uh, she'll she'll just watch. And you know, at the end, we give a green thumbs up or thumbs down, and she just doesn't. She just sits there and watches and waits for the thumbs. And if it's a thumbs up, she'll go. Yes, and if it's a thumbs down, she goes, "Oh, Dad, you got a th- you got a thumbs down," and she get like mad. So it's really fun. Now I feel the pressure at all. I was like, I can't have my daughter. You know, that's so that that's kind of cute. But she doesn't really get what's going on yet at all. But um, I think she'll enjoy. She likes my humor. I make her laugh. Oh, that's good. I can so see that. Great. She's she's a little mini me. She looks like my looks like my wife. My spirit. Really, hundred percent me, hundred percent weird, quirky, laughs like at anything. Like she's really very much my. Do you see yourself having one of those shows like the Australian guy that died? Um, <laughs> yeah. you know I'm talking about yeah. Steve Irwin, Steve Irwin's daughter, like taking over. Yeah, they have a new show that's out now, yeah. and it's like, uh, yeah, they're taking over. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think it's too big of a gap. Yeah, yeah. Between that, I think you know, and and there's so many reruns of our show. Who knows? Though? That's true. <laughs> you, know, you know, by the time it's over, you're gonna have a bank of like 250 episodes. You can keep this thing going. It'll probably that's, still be well. Yeah, that's true, huh? Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was growing up. I'm trying to think. They had some of my favorite game shows on. Do you mm-hmm. remember the one where it was in a house? It was each. It was like a fake house. There was three contestants. They were, I think, a team maybe three teams of two and there was like a fake house and then if they if they got a certain prize or something they would compete on the floor and then if they got a prize and they then one they had to run through the house and get different gifts these boxes vaguely vaguely remembering what you're talking about 
I, it kind of felt like Supermarket Sweep a little bit. Yes, it felt yeah. a little bit a little like bit Supermarket like that. Sweep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like, yeah, they had these big houses, and then they would put them on this conveyor belt or something <laughs> at the bottom, and they would open them and see if they had won. One, uh, what, we, what box they grabbed, what was in it. Yeah. like and, In the end, they had a whole bunch of boxes. The final group did. Yeah. And then they would open them all, and I think they some of them could have money in them. It's basically like watching those stupid Christmas videos. You know, those, those stupid videos that are on now that all... It's just videos of kids opening toys Mm-mm, i don't watch you, you ever seen that no, it's like the weird thing oh, people, to, people to watch. I, you're gonna now you watch one you're gonna don't do it because you'll fall down a rabbit hole that. it's just kids like opening stuff and be like oh blah blah and all kids flip out and watch it it's like it's good though because you don't have to buy your kids toys you think rabbit <laughs> oh that's a good point huh they just go ahead it saves you money man you pay for a youtube subscription you think rabbits are in holes and like well, how did we get the fucking we don't do that shit i know <laughs> yeah we're down here fucking <laughs> We're not watching YouTube. YouTube, you what? Yeah. Get over here, yeah. Hoppy. This has nothing to do with us. Why do you keep using the term rabbit hole? They're probably fucking pissed, bro. That's my thing. I'm down here trying to live. Yeah, we're just staying warm. <laughs> Throw a carrot down, you asshole. I'm trying to hide from a fuck, yeah, fucker. Yeah. You think we're wa- down here watching YouTube? Yeah. What do you think they say, people hole? <laughs> What are two rabbits talking to go? Yo, don't go down that peeping hole. Yeah, people hole. Jesus, I went down a people hole over oh, there on Third man? Street. Oh, third, yeah. you be careful over there. God, That's in the Tenderloin <laughs> District. Don't go down that people hole. Dude, Tenderloin everywhere. Somebody's got CDs. They got dope. Everybody's got it. They're selling all. everything from mixtapes to friggin' meth. Mixed, yeah, <laughs> mixed crotch. Yeah, all of it. Who wants that mixed crotch? Um... Oh man, it was. Oh, we got a question right here from somebody who's in witness protection. Actually, let's get to this. Ever been punched in the face for playing a joke on somebody? Okay, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. This. Well, first of all, how do you? Okay, I have questions. How do you source this material? Huh? How do you source this material? It's open source. Material. How did you? How did you get this guy's video? Do you know this guy? Is that no? What? That's a fan of impractical practical jokers. <clears throat> we get a lot of questions for you, but a lot of them are like kind of the same. What's your favorite prank? What's yeah, your favorite yeah, prank? Yeah. So they're always the same. Like that. Yeah, yeah. So have you ever been punched in the face? But it's not so much the question as it's how the creepy guy in the dark couch <laughs> started punching his phone. Very dark, and also that guy could be anywhere from the age of thirty. <laughs> 13 to probably 51 or 52. Yeah, 52, I was going to say. Very uh, unique child's body. Um, the silver angle, fox. The angle, too. And it yeah. looks like a light shade of lipstick on him. See that? He's got a wet lip. Look at right yeah. there. Like, see, it's, it's a glistening lip. He's got a wet lip. Jesus. To answer your question, no. But also, I have so many questions for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy, I wonder if he's all right. Yeah, we should maybe send somebody. We'll send a video back. Yeah, that's the people hole we were talking about. That's what the rabbits are talking about. <laughs> um, I remember one time I was working with Howie Mandel on a show. It was called Deal With It, right? Yeah. And so I was working this as a host for him for a while. And so you would get people off the street and you would give one of them a um, uh, – they would be coming to a restaurant. And then you'd give one of them an earpiece. You'd sneak them off the waiter when they went to with the bathroom or something. would be like, all right, hey, we're going to put an earpiece. We're going to start telling you things to yeah. do. The more you can do without the person at the table realizing you're on a game show, that's the only thing they can't realize, yep. the more money you're going to make. Yep. So one time we get a couple to sit down, <clears throat> and it's a pimp and a prostitute we didn't know, right? 
So they get the lady to start messing with the pimp, right? So they start telling her like little things to do. And the third one, it's like, okay, reach over and take a piece of your man's food off of his plate or something. And she's like, nope, I can't do this shit, right? And she, I think she was worried that she was going to get abused. Mm-hmm. So we had to like, uh, we had to call call the episode. That's a bad Call one. the prank, the bit. Yeah. But that was one of the craziest ones that I ever saw. We always had trouble with couples. We were in Ikea and I did a thing. Uh, I started a Friday night pillow fight. Like I just gave everybody pillows oh, yeah. and we had like 40 people doing a pillow fight all over. It was fun. But there was, they did a thing where they wanted me, this is my second Amwa story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, wanted, they wanted me to say, they're like, Joe, to help this guy, tell him he's got to see this Amwa. And you know how, you know, uh, they have that path in, in Ikea where you yeah. just run, right? So he's like, go and make this guy follow. So this guy started running. I was like, it's over here. No, it's over the here. It's over here. Path, and right? I just started basically jogging around all this furniture. And this guy was keeping up with me, whatever. And this is when I was bigger and fatter. And I was like out of breath and huffing and puffing. It was funny. And then they're like, get in the armoire, get in the armoire. So me and him get in the armoire. And it shuts. All you hear in the armoire is me <laughs> panting, right? And sweating. It's like whatever. And it was really fun. Like it's great. So now we go to sign the guy. You know they have to agree to be on TV. It's a right. you know two party state where they you could film somebody, but then they have to agree to be on TV in New York. In New York, there's only like five or six states that are that way. So it it's was, a one party state here. I think Democrat. Yeah, mostly <laughs> California. But yeah, you can't. Yeah, you have to let them know in advance. advance really. Yeah. Yeah. You so, have to let their parents know. Yeah. So when we uh, we actually filmed out in L.A. for our two hundredth episode, it, it takes place here in L.A. Wow. Yeah. So it was it was a different procedure you had to do. Like people had to know that they were being filmed. They had to be couldn't do anything closed space. Couldn't do any stories. You had to be out in public, or the cameras had to be exposed. So like if somebody walked in like this, they know they're being filmed. It's fine. Right. But then it doesn't really work. So you had to like we had a couple things that were weird, but. Uh, anyway, so I, we're in the armor. We get out of the armor. I'm like, dude, you were so funny. We'd love for you to be on the episode. And the guy was like, oh, it was really fun. He's like, I can't do that. He's like, you know, I'm married and this isn't my wife. Wow. So he was shopping for discount furniture in <laughs> Ikea. And he bought a side <laughs> piece. He got, bought, he got bought a side piece. <laughs> so yeah, he was like, he's like, I can't. He's like, and you know, so that was like such a weird thing that we had happened. And then that has happened multiple times over filming where guys are like, oh, I can't. Mistress. Yeah, I'm with somebody that I'm not supposed to be with. Wow. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, here's someone else, actually, and this is, hopefully this person's all right. (laughs) Hey, Joe. Hey, Theo. This is Tim from Memphis, Tennessee. I'm a big fan of both of y'all. I want to be a comedian eventually, whether that's doing stand-up or uh, getting, like, a show, like, in Practical Jokers. And uh, I just wanted to hear you guys' advice on, uh, you know, being a comedian. What do you do coming up? Uh, What kind of open mics or whatever? You know, I'm 17, still in high school. Um, I plan on going to college, but my dream job is to do something you know, like you guys do, and uh, you can really tell with you guys, um, you're very genuine and you really enjoy doing what you do, and I want to do something like that, you know. That's nice of Tim. Yeah, sounds like a nice young man. <laughs> He's got great comedic he? taste, obviously. That's true. Fan of you and that's I. A good I mean, point. That's, that's, I mean, the guy, the kid's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, <clears throat> well, you said earlier, like, you know, you, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen quick. It, you know? Yeah, it doesn't happen quick. That's the thing. At all. You There's times where I wanted things to happen faster in my career, and I'm glad that they did it in hindsight, even though there's no way I could have known no that way. then. No way. And I would be like, I would talk to my managers and agents. I'd be like, why, did I, why, you know, why does this person get this opportunity? And then you see other people get opportunities where they're not ready for them. That's and then, right. So uh, that's, a, that's a big, big pitfall is to compare yourself to other people. Yeah. Everybody's got their own path. Everybody's got their own journey. Everybody's got their own time. Yeah. It might just not be your time yet. And also you have to be prepared that it might not work out. You know, I was always fine with, okay, if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. You know, I still was doing it because I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing because no one could take that enjoyment from you. Nobody has to validate that enjoyment. Yeah. You might not be getting paid for it, but if you're enjoying making people laugh, then that's it, you know? 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I've I always felt that way. And then in the past, like, I think six months, I, for some reason, things started getting more stressful, I think, just busier. And so it's like I've yeah. had, like, an adjustment period of, like, just figuring out, okay, what's going on? What do I want to be doing? What's really important to me? Um, Choices are the worst. It's hard, huh? When you have a decision to, like, if you want to do this, like that, because you know that you're leaving something behind. You know, we went through that a little bit with our – we figured it out finally, but with our movie – <clears throat> when we were going to film, when we filmed our movie last year, we had to do it in between the season. Mm. So we filmed the first half of season seven, took a break to film the movie, came back and filmed the second half of season seven. So we're basically filming for like sixteen months straight of Bragg <sighs> Jokers and like being away from home and everything. The only way to do it was that or not do it. Right. And we're like, are we going to kill ourselves and do it, which we did, or are we just going to be like, all right, let's try to hopefully the movie will still be around if we do it after season seven, blah, blah, blah. So when we had that choice and like thinking about that, it was always like, all right, what if we don't? And that I always feel the heaviest. You're, you're always the heaviest there. What, that if you don't do it? <clears throat> the opportunity will be gone. Right. Now, what were the stresses though? I'm sure that was pretty stressful, especially if you had like young children. Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, that's a lot oh, yeah. of time of straight no, it was work. The worst, yeah. I was, yeah. You know, I almost got divorced. It was tough. Yeah, yeah. For this was a five, I was five weeks away from home. My wife had a new newborn son. You know, my daughter just basically like single parent in, in New York. Couldn't talk to her. I was on set for six. It was totally different than right. our show. I'm on a movie set for sixteen hours a day. Like in our show, like I go, we film for three hours. You know, I would do some meetings and stuff, and then I could talk to her the whole time. You know, here I couldn't. I'm in Atlanta. Right, you know, I'm away from home. You know, that's such a, it feels yeah. so, yeah, I mean, that's intense. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. For me, sometimes, sometimes the stress of too much work, I've just realized it's like, it's too much sometimes, yeah. especially since I want to be a comedian. I want to be able to have my thoughts and, you know, I need my brain to come up with fresh, fun ideas. Yeah. And if I work too much or if I'm overwhelmed and stuff, then I can't do that. Do you feel like it, it changes you? Do you feel like it changes your mindset is a hundred percent and you can't. And not be in a good mindset or in a good mood to be funny. Yeah. Like it's impossible. Like you're, it's totally counterproductive to what you're trying to do. And then that frustrates you and you're like, oh, if I wasn't thinking this way, it would be funny. And it's just yeah. like, you go down a person hole. <laughs> yeah, dude. I went down a person hole. I went down a people bro. hole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. Dude, I went down a people hole. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That happened to me a lot this year, man. It was just like, just figuring out like, because we started podcasting so much and it was, it's all been fun, but it's like, Okay, well now, so now I'm just I'm a podcast host, or am I a pod, like what am I? Am I a comedian? Am I, you know, what's going on? You know, mm -hmm. to the point because you're just you know I would just go from one thing to the next, like yeah. go on tour, come back, do, and then go and it'll just be like I don't even know. Yeah, started to be like I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, um, as long as you're being creative, I think if you're you're a creator, like but just, I, I was yeah, but I was I was creating, but I didn't feel like I was being creative. Got it. I think I'm kind of a slow. I'm better if it's a, if it's a little bit of a slow roll. Yeah. Then we, yeah, when it gets going too fast, I just, I think I just can't handle, I just, I don't know. I don't function that well in that space. Yeah. So some of us, for me, it's just been learning where, who went, where, how do I function as a, yeah. as an artist or as a communicator. Um, but I think for this young guy, I think there's a lot of ways you can do entertainment now. So much more. Yeah. I mean, you could put out your own videos. You can find, you can you can you even see guys doing like voices of like uh, they'll have animals that are fighting yeah, or arguing yeah, in the wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll do anything, yeah. anything. But I mean, if you think about like how crazy, like I wish, like so much is lost. Oh on, yeah, on these kids today, as far as like people want to do to do stuff, and everybody's always worried about you know the followers and this and that. But if you just realize that this kid has two heroes in comedy, yeah, and he just because he has a cell phone has a camera was able just to ask him a direct question, and they were talking about him to him, yeah. That how does that not blow everybody's mind? 
How does that just not like, are you kidding me? Like that's where we're at in the world where yeah. you have such access to people, to celebrities via Twitter, Instagram, any podcast. Oh yeah. That last like night I'm a Saints fan. Last night, AJ Klein, I'm a big Saints fan. Yeah. He caused a fumble last night and uh, I sent him a man. I was just so fucking ecstatic <laughs> and he wrote me back and I haven't even read it. I'm like saving oh, it. For that's like, great. It's going to be like the highlight yeah. of my day later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just crazy how you can communicate. Yeah. yeah but, and also just how you can create you know and how you can put stuff out there you can be an impersonator you can try mm -hmm. different things um yeah you could try and fail with no risk like you could try like if you think about like back in the day like if you wanted to do like a short film yeah like you'd have to find the money you have to you'd have to shoot it you'd have to digitize it like capture the tapes and bring it over to like then you have to edit it and do all the stuff then you have to put it out where where are you putting it out and yeah. you have to like show people or send it out you gotta and sell it yeah. yeah you gotta do it now no like and then it's bad because yeah. everybody's is bad, you know, so then it's bad, and then you just go ahead and do it. Every short film is bad. <laughs> Every short film Basically. is miserable <laughs> across the board. First one. Second yeah. one's normally better. But like anybody's first short film, you'd be yeah. hard-pressed to find somebody's first short film. Like, yeah. that was Oh, they're, they're like the CBD oil of entertainment, yeah. dude. You know what I realized the other day? I don't think CBD oil does anything. That's what I realized, bro. <laughs> I was talking to some dude. He's like, yeah, I've been using a lot of drugs, but I've also been using CBD oil. But he only seemed like he'd been using drugs. And then I thought about like all the CBD oil I've rubbed into my body. And it's like, shit, I hadn't been that That's super. A, no. I don't think it does shit, man. I think CBD stands for snake. Snake oil, yeah, that's right. oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it yeah. used to be Central Business District, you know, and now it's just a body cream, you know. It just—I don't know. Things have gotten strange, but yeah, I think if you're 17 and you like humor, you know, there's so many ways you can end up in it. Um, but I do, though, miss. I mean, my favorite things to do were to make my friends laugh, man. 100. Mm -hmm. Do being at school, being at the lunch yes. table. That's what's weird for me because that is my job and that's I still get that. That's right. not taken from me. We always say, like, always like, oh, I wish I knew the glory days when I live. We know this is the best job we'll ever have. This is the best scenario for anybody anybody in, in the world, comedian or not. You get paid to hang out with your friends and make them laugh. Like, it's insane. Yeah. So, like, there's, and we can't really point a finger at many other groups that had even a similar kind of thing. Everybody else is cast together. Yeah. Or even any big su successful show was a sitcom that somebody's writing for them. You know, it's not like, oh, this is going to make Sal laugh. Like, you never said that. Like, any right. other, it's not like, oh, this is gonna, like, that's, there's a sense of like accomplishment when you make your friend laugh, you know? Yeah. And that's what helps it. Yeah. I was, oh, yeah. With you guys' show for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's so many. It's like, yeah, it's like you can always kind of relate yourself to one of the characters. You mm -hmm. always, yeah, every guy wishes they got to do that with their friends. Yeah, um, one of the, well, it was pretty funny that one of our, um, one of our uh, agents was talking, and when they were going back in for a negotiation, like one of the points that he was making, you know, agents always ramp themselves up by talking to you, mm -hmm. you know, so they're going in for I think it was like season five or whatever, and he was like, uh, he's like, tell me another reality show where somebody's like, oh. You know, everybody always used to say, oh, I'm a Ross, I'm a Rachel, right, from Friends, or like, oh, I'm, I'm George, you know, like that. They're like, people say I'm a Sal. He's like, who cares that much about a reality show? He's like, yeah. nobody cares about that. And this is like a little bit around one of the Kardashians. He's like, and that was the only other one where people were like, I'm like that with the Kardashians, yeah. you know? And it was like, nobody does that with reality shows. Nobody, you know, is like that. Everybody forgets the name of everybody when, when it's over in a season. He's like, you guys are on your fifth season and you're characters, but you're not, you're yourself. Right. So he's like, that doesn't exist. And that was always... The way you see the way the fans interact with us, they always feel like they know us. Oh, it's you know? crazy, dude! My so my greatest fans of 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 my comedy to this day, I think that I still meet up with when I'm on the road, whether it's for a meal or something like that, mm -hmm. or fans that I met from you guys. Oh, well. uh, Cruz, 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean that guy Kevin. Um, there's a there's a there's um, a girl and her mom down in Florida. I meet up with them. Another group took me to Disneyland one time. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't. Nobody took me to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> How are you getting taken to Disneyland? You are Disneyland. <laughs> you can't. I just took my daughter to Disneyland, paid full price three tickets. I Did watched, you? Yeah. I mean, Did you get the guide? Did you get the guide that the takes guide. you? Yeah. I get the guide. It's expensive. But worth every penny. But worth every penny. You know what? We crushed that park. We yeah. got in and out of everything. It was great. Yeah, somebody told me about that guide. I had my family come in town, and I was like, uh, and they're like, you got to get this guide. I talked to Joey Diaz. He's like, you get the fucking guide. You go over there, yeah. fucking look, somebody dies. It's not on you, Papa. You know? You get it. They walk you in. It's oh. so it's so great. But the but, uh, the same day I was there, Steven Tyler was there. Really? And there's this paparazzi that's called, I forget what it's called on Instagram. I think it's called Day at Disney. I think it's called Grand Paparazzi now. <laughs> it's like the Day at Disney like Instagram account. It's like, it's, it's just celebs who are at Disney. Mm -hmm. And there's a picture of me and my family, me, my wife, and my daughter. But they blur our kids' faces out of respect which is cool mm -hmm. and it's me and them and then the next picture is like steven tyler buying like a t-shirt at like the merch station <laughs> dude i was just in maui and that's where he lives so i heard all kinds oh, of yeah. stories about him while i was there yeah just uh and i went and saw them actually i saw aerosmith about me and nick went yeah they're playing vegas now right three got, months yeah. ago we went and saw dude yeah. it was awesome yeah, great yeah great. it was he, incredible he just canceled a show last week they're still doing like a vegas re residency because he had a sore throat mm. he, wow. so he couldn't uh yeah age finally catching up to him i guess yeah mm. It happens, you know. We all get old, all right? Don't judge so hard in the do booth. You, do you... Uh, <laughs> this is Nick's first time in the booth. The booth is just open, too. Oh, wow. Where are you normally? Sitting out there. I had the table set up. It was it was cumbersome. Okay. Sure. So you like this better? It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of feel like I'm visiting you in jail right now. <laughs> yeah. Nick probably should be in jail. Yeah. So... <laughs> we don't talk about that, <laughs> Um Has there been any points where... Uh, where any of the group has thought has uh, you guys had have had to talk anybody to stay and people wanted to change or just before we just before we did this just before the show took literally like our last meeting mm -hmm. i was uh i was gonna be like done with it and we were at my uh my apartment we had gone down a path of doing a lot of sketch comedy and i don't really feel like i'm very funny in sketch i don't feel funny when i'm acting right you know people are like oh you already talking about i'm like i just don't feel it you know what yeah, it's yeah. like so i don't feel like it's my best way to make people laugh so i wasn't really feeling what we were the path we were going down scripted shows we were thinking of and blah 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 and i was like i was like i don't want to do that and then the opportunity came up they're like hey you know prank shows are big right now Mario's like what if we did our version of of a show like that and i was like well this embarrassment comedy is always how i made my friends laugh sure let's try it and that's how we came up we came up with jokers mm. but if we were going to go down to another scripted one i would have been out there's a guy i met one <clears throat> night at a bar here called the mint it does uh i was there for some i don't know something i didn't want to be at or something probably um like i think now it's actually a pet restaurant can you believe they have this shit out here really you bring your pet and eat with it yeah or you can oh. meet up and have fucking dinner with other fucking pets dude <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. I've heard of a cat place where you could have tea with a cat. Yeah, like dude. they're like just fucking. It's basically just feral cats inside, and they're just roaming around. Yeah, and right. you just sit down, and cats like sit on your lap while you drink tea. Yeah, you don't think Satan's watching that? <laughs> if Satan's watching anybody, it's people that are meeting that's up with cats for tea that's it by themselves, easily dipping, dipping a biscotti into an Earl Grey. Like yeah. that's somebody you fucking watch. I don't <laughs> trust that. Yeah. Even more than anybody I meet in the Tenderloin District, I do not watch. <laughs> Trust the guy that walks in with his AirPods and sits down with a stray cat. Yeah. And it has a snack. Oh, yeah, dude. Somebody fucking splitting up a little <laughs> butterscotch biscotti with a fucking Persian. If he, if he pops cat. a word. Yeah, if he pops yeah. a yeah, Make sure he's a cat there. Yeah, <laughs> What's a word? There's a 
original in. I'm out. Oh. I'm out. Jesus Christ, man. It's just a different world out there now. But yeah, this place, they had a guy I met in there one night, and he he starts talking, he starts talking, he had on this white glove, and they had karaoke in there as well. And at one point- <laughs> You can't casually add that they have karaoke yeah. in there as well. That's a big point. Yeah, look, dude. It's one of those places that wasn't going to make it. It's, they're, just trying, they're trying everything. They're throwing shit at the wall. They're like, what if we brought in karaoke and one of those indoor like skydiving things? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. But it's a wedding. But it's a wedding. You guys don't get it? Yeah. yeah. So this guy, he wore a white glove and he kept singing karaoke. And he had been like the fifth member of a band uh, that had made it huge. Like, I'm, I, it could have been Motley Crue, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, and he got out like literally the week before and i went and read the stories and stuff about it and it's really and he was still singing the songs and wearing like this white glove like you could tell he was still like living and i guess he'd he'd kind of become like a kind of a um a fixture within that uh karaoke place you know and so i think you know he had like it you know at least he had his thing you know yeah um yeah yeah. but he had gotten out of this yeah he'd gotten out of this group right before that's i mean that's a little tragic yeah if you don't recover from it, you know what I mean? Right. It, uh, to get out of it because you want to get out of it and not be in that world anymore is one thing. Because then you're okay with it. It right. doesn't matter. Who cares what happens? But if you get out of it because you don't necessarily like the people, you don't you don't have faith in what's going on with that group. Yeah. And you're going like, I'll try it on my own and make it. That sucks. Oh. Like, that is the worst to be like, oh, you know, I'll just go on, go my own way. And that they're holding me back. And next thing you know, they break and you're sitting yeah. there with your white glove, you know, trying to serve, you know, <laughs> j- <laughs> Jello pudding bops yeah. to people. <laughs> Yeah, dude. That's crazy, man. Do you remember when you were a kid, like some of the, like just like the kind of stuff that made you laugh? Do you remember who made you laugh a lot when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Not even entertainers or just people like and just. Oh, well, yeah. People, my, 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 I come from a funny family. You know, my uncles were always funny and and telling jokes and stuff too. So I got the old Italian uncles, which are fun. And, you know, my sister is probably the funniest person I know. My sister Carla, (laughs) she's like, she's a version of me. Like, it's hysterical. Like, she's great. She's loud. She's fun. My parents were both very funny, but in very different ways. And my, they always said, my oldest sister got my dad's humor. My me you know, middle sister got my mother's, and I was the perfect match of both of them. Oh. So, like, my father was like that dry kind of delivery could make the room crack with three words. Like, that's it, you know. And my mother was just loud, boisterous, center of attention. Everybody looked at her to make a you know good time, like that kind of thing. So mm. they were very interesting. You know, my my favorite story about my father was. He used to go. We used. To, yeah, I play craps. You know that. Like so. Uh, There's he, water right there if you need it. You know. Yeah, okay. He, uh, we. Uh, <clears throat> we. He played craps all the time, and we go down oh, yeah. to Atlantic City, and he'd be in. He was in Atlantic City playing in like the '80s, or whatever, and. There's these two gangster guys with cigars at the end. These two big <laughs> Italian mobster like guys, and he's he's playing craps, and he rolls up next to him, and there's this woman, a heftier woman, at the end rolling. Mm-hmm. And she's rolling, and she's rolling for a while, and and the, the two guys are having a good time. So every time before she rolls, they're like, "All right, come on, you fat bitch, let's do it." And then she did it, like, "Yeah," you know, they would say that loud enough, or whatever. And so you know, she's rolling and winning everybody money, or whatever. And so my father, they, she's just about to roll, they're like, "Come on, we need a hard six, you fat, you know, come on, you pig, like that and shit, like that." And my father just turns to these two moms and goes, "Sorry, guys, could you stop talking about my wife that way?" And just turns back and looks, and then he looks and he goes, "Ah, just fucking with you." And they fucking lost to these two like big fat moms. I was like, ah, this guy's like crazy, you know, shit like that. So he had that, like, that funny, like, dry, like, they, they, their jaw dropped, like, they're like, what the fuck, you know, kind of idea. So, like, <laughs> he had that sense of humor like that, where he would just, like, 
say weird shit just like just enough to get people really uncomfortable and then break them so yeah that reminds me of norm mcdonald i was somewhere with him oh i was in i was doing a show in oklahoma city or oklahoma somewhere and um he Oh, it was a poker tournament too. Mm. Jerry Mathers was there, the the beef. Wow, man! Dude, who I love, I had pictures all over oh, in the, of my room growing yeah. up because his name was Theodore, right? Yeah. So I was like a huge fan. Yeah. And I even talked to him while I was there. I was like, "Hey, man," uh, I said, "I'm a big fan." He goes, "Oh, where do you live?" And I was like, oh, "I live in Santa Monica." And he goes, I "Swear to God," he goes, "I used to go get some pussy in Santa Monica." <laughs> and it just, I didn't, I didn't know what happened then. I just fucking went down a hole. <laughs> yeah, down a, a pussy hole. <laughs> I went down something. It was just crazy. All these years that I built up in my head God. of us running into each other. That's the sense. And that's he what says, he said. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, he was 80 years old or 77. That's oh, crazy. It was him and that guy, Ralph Mouth. But yeah. anyway, Norm McDonald was there, and there's like, we're standing there. There's a, there was a, mostly men there and a couple of women, not attractive women to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Norm said, oh, man, a lot of real hotties here, huh? And I'm thinking, oh, you know, Norm's older than me, and, you know, he probably doesn't even meet any women, so these women are probably very attractive to him, you know? <laughs> and I was just placating, and I was like, yeah, 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 a lot of real lookers, you know? Fuck, I'll take my eyeballs out and just set them on one of these ladies' shoulders, you know, a lot of real beauties. And he goes, yeah, right. And he was joking. He was totally joking. Like, he, he was like, oh, these are the fucking most busted women I've ever seen in my life, you know? <laughs> You're like, shit. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I was like, damn, bro. <laughs> well, okay. so much for being nice to your elders, That's dude. It. This yeah, guy's a fucking... Yeah, I went to... Uh, Mel Brooks is huge. Oh, number wow. one, Number one. I actually got to meet him. It was two weeks after we had played Radio City. Wow. And he was doing... He, he does that live tour every now and again. He... Still doing it, 91 years old. He shows Blazing Saddles or Young Frankenstein, screens it, and then does a Q&A after for like an hour. Wow. So we went. I took my two sisters. We grew up watching. I was like, for a Christmas gift, I'm like, I got this for you. So we went, the three of us, we all grew up watching the movies. It was great. We watched them. After, we're about to leave, and I see the little security guard that I had met weeks before at, when we played. Oh. And I was real nice to whatever. And he goes, Joe, I said, hey. He goes, you want to go down to, you want to go come come in and say hey? And I was like, yeah, of course I want to say hey to Mel Brooks. So he takes us downstairs, and underneath Radio City, there's just like an old bar that they just keep open for family and friends, and it's a big room. So we go down, and we sit in there, and then here comes Mel. He's walking in, and he comes by, and I'm like, oh, this is like this, this is my hero of all time or whatever. So I walk up, and I'm like, uh, you know, he's like, the guy introduced me. He's like, this is our friend Joe. And I'm, he's like, hey, Joe. I was like, Mr. Brooks, I'm a huge fan of yours. I just want to say thank you. You know, I got into comedy because of you. You know, you made me laugh, whatever. I was like, me and my sisters are both huge fans, and uh, are all fans are, and, you know, we grew up watching you. And my sister's like, and he goes, your sisters? I said, yeah. And he goes, I go, yeah, my sisters, they're here with me. I brought them. And he goes, okay, my sisters, bring the sisters. And he pushes me away, he mushes me. And he gets here and he starts taking pictures. He's like, kiss my cheeks, kiss my cheeks. And he starts taking pictures with my sisters or whatever. And it was so cool. I was like, can I get one, you think? And he's like, all right, just one. And we all got in. And I was like, that was like the coolest like thing ever. Like this wow. 91 old dude just, you know, he's still going to get the ladies. Like, come here. Yeah. Come here. It was so great. Really cool. That's beautiful, yeah, man. That was a really, really cool moment for me. Perving out a little, a little at that bit. age. That's I love it. it. I saw it. Bob Newhart about six years ago. Oh, really? or seven years ago in Chicago and it was oh he was I thought the jokes I was like I think he's just reading these jokes off the internet like I think he literally printed some jokes out off the internet 
and was well, reading. Well, he's all, he's all delivery anyway, right? So, but then yeah. I thought to myself, well, maybe the, he made those jokes <laughs> <Just> up because <laughs> they were just like internet jokes, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, but it was pretty wild to see him. Yeah. Um, Don Rickles, me and Sal got oh, to see. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, I knew he loved Rickles, and my mom was a big gambler, and he was playing in Atlantic City. So I asked my mom to get us tickets, and I took him. Damn, was that it, awesome? Man probably one of the most unbelievable performance like you can't even like you see it and you're just like in awe that it's happening and then it's over before you know it like you can't even was just, he on stage the whole yeah, time stage the whole time mm. just ripping apart it was great yeah he was really he was unbelievable yeah wow. that, that's probably one of the best live performances i ever did but growing up i loved like richard jenny was big my dad liked richard jenny uh the comic and uh and he got him. murdered didn't yeah he? he got murdered yeah they, this is before 23 and me, so we still don't know who did it. Ooh. And so, Ooh. so uh, he uh, he was big, and then Tim Allen. Uh, we used to watch. Yeah. Yeah, we used to watch his show all the time, Home Improvement. Yeah. together. So that was another big one for me. Um. Yeah. You remember Super, Supermarket Sweep? Yeah. Yeah. That show was yeah, great. Huh? I love. I just got to play Hundred Thousand Dollar Pyramid. Me and they invited us to play in the reboot that Strahan. Oh did. really? Yeah. So we just played it this summer. We played it. Was, was it great. fun, dude? It was so fun. Ah. So fun. It was so. It was such a good time, yeah. And now this is the thing about doing Misery Index. Like you're playing a game show, and yeah. it's like that gloss. It's like legit. It's like a legit. Like we walked in, I was like, oh my god, this is. They like spent some money on the set. Like it's a legit. Like they got the big like uh, you know the big uh, display that's like super LED and like the the buzzers and all that. So I was like, this is really really cool to be in part of like a real like game, game show, show. You know? Yeah. Because I grew up. I think all our generations like that was huge for that was that was tv oh yeah no whammies time. all yeah, of that yeah, dude. yeah that was the that supermarket was sweep was so good though. yeah supermarket sweep was seeing fun. somebody just bite the just you bite, bite it, it. <laughs> running to get a ham and then yelling at them because they get rice it's like why are you getting rice? <laughs> get the ham <laughs> everybody needs a ham there's one where somebody had a stroke during it i remember too really i don't yeah. know that one you can't they don't really know it on the show but it seemed like they think the guy was just kind of having a blast but you could tell he had a stroke <laughs> I know a stroke. You, you know, know a stroke when you see one? I mean, yeah, I think I do. Okay. You've ever seen a stroke coming away? I had one about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> you really? Oh, damn, bro. You have those like, slow strokes, Oh, yeah, bro. I do. I do. I like to pace them out. <laughs> oh, I like that. Pretty sure the guy who asked us a question with the wet lip was in the middle of one. Too. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, any more questions that came in? Uh, we just had one Patreon question. Uh, Marissa Bruno asked, how did you become so passionate about animals, especially senior dogs? Uh, my wife, she introduced me to that. We bought a dog. I have five dogs. I have a cannoli, biscotti, tartufo, spumoni, and pignoli right now. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's huh? like five dogs. Yeah. Pignoli's in a rotating spot. Got a dessert hole. Yeah, that's it. That's my, that's <laughs> all. They're all, I'm fat Italian, so I name them all. We also had Zeppeli and Mishkin, who are not with us anymore. God bless. Um, but we have like, uh, she, we bought our first dog, cannoli, together mm -hmm. when she was living here because, um, she needed something and i was like well, let's get a dog together and so we got it we bought the dog and then it instantly was like all sick and we spent like in the first year we spent like two grand on like tests and surgeries and stuff like that and she just like started doing research and realized how bad puppy mills are mm. and then like how much adopting how good how many good dogs are needed in one she found a lot of good adoption agencies so we just started adopting um so it was really because of her and then i fell in love with it on my own and then I honestly believe that no dog loves you like a rescue dog. It's insane. Really? It feels like. Yeah, because Canola will be walking around the house kind of entitled. Like, you'll call them. She'll yeah. come last. You know, she'll be like, I'm here now. You know, like that. Right. You know, but like the other ones, like, they're so always so happy to see you. When I go home, it's insane because I'm on the road, you know? Yeah. So when I come home from like 10 days or whatever, on the they, it's I can't get them off me. It's insane. Like, they just attack you and want to be on you. You sit down, they're all jumping on you. You know, you lay in the bed, they're all on you. Damn. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts, but it's it's good. And, and do you trust all of them? No, 
there's one I know that's shitting in the really? corner. Really? No, 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 no. no, it's actually, it gets easy when you have a pack. Like Biscotti, who's my favorite, they listen. If they're listening, they know. <laughs> so my uh, Biscotti's my favorite. She's the second one, and she's like the, the pack leader. It's easier with a pack. Like I'll bring in a dog. Once Biscotti shows them what to do, they it's insane. They just, all right, we all go. We all go in this room now. We all have time to go outside. They all go, they just follow her. It's really? crazy. Yeah, she's like the pack, little, little pack leader. And for them to be able to pack like that, do they have to be the same breed of dog or anything? Nope. Wow. No, there's a couple of tricks that you could do for it. If you're going to introduce a new dog in the house, it's better to have the dog in the house by itself for a day. And then when the dogs come home, the dog's there. So mm. it's like a great trick that we had found out in the beginning. So I'll send the dogs away to daycare or whatever, and they'll sleep out. And then we'll have the dog make it move around the house or whatever. They come home, there's a dog in the house. That's it. It's insane. You know, it's just, okay, they're part of the family. That's it. And do they have any like racial or kind of territorial issues between them, the animals? Just when there's, when it's time to go to bed. Wow. Who sleeps where? Mm. Yeah. Because I lay, we have a, you know, we have a king bed and my wife's on one side and then little Pignoli, who was like, <laughs> I, I got a picture of Pignoli. I'll show yeah, you. get that animal out here, bro. <laughs> or you could draw it too. I wish I had some ink well, out this, here. This is, this is, I just want your reaction when you see Pignoli because Pignoli's something special. But Pignoli's <laughs> in our rotating spot. We have, we have a fifth dog spot, which is the senior spot. And that's Pignoli. <laughs> whoa, 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 huh? <laughs> Pignoli been working yeah. freelance, huh? Pignoli's got one up. Yeah, Pignoli. Pignoli used to work on the highway, huh? Pignoli's got oh, one. Wow, <laughs> boy. It's basically roadkill. That's just rolling yeah. around my house. Sweetest dog in the world, man. Super cuddly. But uh, she, they found her in a tenement building, just in the all matted in the uh, in the lobby, under living under the stairs. So they don't even. They think it just maybe just came out of somebody's apartment and whatever. But she's got no teeth. <laughs> she's deaf, blind, one eye. Uh, a little bit of dementia. Oh wow! So, yeah, Take her to one of these restaurants. One night. <laughs> no, I've got it. We're great. You know? But she's she's super cute and cuddly. So we just we like to for the senior dog. We just kind of give him a good way out. Like we had a couple dogs before this that one lasted seven months, one lasted a year and a little bit. And Pignoli, we have for about what I got Pignoli two months now. Yeah, about two months now. So have you? This is the last question I have. So is there? Have you noticed like that? like your success and stuff was there any point in your career where you felt like it started to kind of change you and you had to kind of like see what was going on with yourself or was there like where you got like no i think not in a bad way no no but just in a way anyway a, yeah 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 it's a huge thing man there's a thing about when you become famous and strangers want to want your time and energy right and you have a family I think that was a thing for me. Like, it's like, how do I, and I still struggle with that. And me and my wife are very open and honest about it. Like, I don't know. Like when I have my daughter with me, if, if you see me when I'm out with my family, you don't get the same me when I'm not with my family. Right. Right. You know, Cause I'm, I'm trying to be protective of my family unit. You know, right. And, and this is spend time and energy with them, you know? So I think that's the one thing that I've always been trying to figure out. And my wife, we never, I wasn't trying to be famous. Right. When we met and got married, like I wasn't doing this, you know, when we got together, you know, when I got married, we were in it. But when we, when we got together, I was a salesman. So this kind of got thrusted upon her as well to be like, oh, your husband's going to be famous. Now, yeah. So now you have to share him with the world. So she's like, I fucking, yeah, yeah you know, I'm like, just trying to get 20% I was, off. That's it. You know, you know I know that's, I'm looking for a coupon, <laughs> yeah. you know, now, now she's got to deal with this. So I think that's probably the biggest challenge. But the good thing about getting famous together with your friends is everybody keeps each other in check. Yeah. You know how you are with your boys. Somebody I could gets see out that. of line, you smack them and they're like, what are you doing? Yeah, uh, I could see that. Well, that's one thing I've seen about improv and the thing, one thing that's a little bit different about stand-up, you're just kind of by yourself a yeah. lot. So with improv, yeah, or with your group, you yeah. know, with, with the Tenderloins and with the Jokers, it's like you guys have that group. Yeah, the group mentality helps because if somebody starts going their own way, it's like come back. Biscotti's you know, like, hey. <laughs> Biscotti brings it back in. I'm the, you know, yeah. I'm a Biscotti goes out and says, come on, get back in here for a second. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Uh, Joe, thank you so much. Is it Gatto or Gatto? Gatto. Yeah. Gatto. This is great, man. I really appreciate it. Dude, thank you so much, man. You've always been just one of the... Every time I see you, I just remember uh, what a kind soul you are. So I appreciate you coming, man. Thank you, dude. Yeah, it's an honor. And uh, yeah, you guys have so many friends, dude. How do you keep... uh, How do you... Everybody I know is y'all's friends. <laughs> We're from the guys. Yeah, no, from the guys. yeah, you know, we try to, you know, that's why I like coming out to LA when I'm out in LA, like, especially if I'm able to get together some social stuff, I try to make sure I see, and there's some people I like to see when I'm out here, because it's good to keep in contact with people. Like I said earlier, you know, this, there's a commonality between us that it's kind of fun, and I'm enjoying that. Like, I'm in the, being in the comedy world with people that make me laugh, and yeah. stuff. There's, there's, we have cool opportunities, like, to have people work with us and work with people, you know, it's fun. Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, it's a good point, dude. I love it, man. Well, I'm grateful you came here today. Can man. I ask you for one favor? Yeah. My cousin Michael Polano is a huge fan of yours. He, he is? Yes, he's a huge fan. Michael he, Polano? Michael Polano. Wait, he works on your show. Yeah. He's he's uh he's a he's my cousin and he's a cameraman. And you know, now, isn't it true that you guys now have everybody from your neighborhood and family working on your show? <laughs> Such nepotism. There's that. literally like oh, it's so many like people. Well, so many people work for us for free for so many years. So I was like had to be like, uh you I know. love that yeah, though. Yeah, it's so yeah. great. Michael Polano, yeah, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that hitter, a, bro. We'll have to send him something nice. He man. wanted to. He, I actually almost flew him out here to come. Oh. He's a teacher. So. Where and where? He's in Jersey. Where at? Uh, Ocean Township High School. Because I'm supposed to be in Sayersville coming up sometime soon. I don't uh, know how far away that no, is. No, it's not that far. It isn't? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and he said, he said this said gang gang. He did? Yeah. yeah. Oh, gang gang. That's it, man. What does he teach, dude? <laughs> he teaches television production. Does he? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, bro. Yeah, he he must got be... a scheme going on there, man. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> what a scheme. It's great. All the kids there. Mr. Polanco, that's his name? Polano. Mr. Polano. Yeah. That's man, awesome, Michael, man. man. I would take his class. <laughs> yeah, he'd be a good teacher. Michael, I'd be in there. <laughs> Gang, gang, Mike. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sending. Uh, thank you for sending Joe my way, Mike. I appreciate it, man. And uh, whenever I get over there to Jersey, I have to pop in. Yeah, you know, pop into the class. I might be cool. Oh, that would, they would lose their mind. You kidding me? That'd be cool. Yeah, you don't have to do all. You don't have to do all that. But, well, yeah. now I've kind of sentenced myself. <laughs> no, I mean, I did come all the way here from New York. You know? <laughs> all right, we'll figure it out, yeah. man. We'll make something work. I love you, dude. You're awesome. Love you too, man. Thank you so much, bro. You got it. Now I'm just floating on the breeze, and I feel I'm. Floating Take a little time for me to set that parking brake and let myself unwind. Shine that light on me. I'll sit and tell you my stories. Shine on me. And I will find a song. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, 
sweetheart, here's the deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Do you know what I mean? Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.